Hey, welcome to the Atomic Weight of Cheese with your hosts, Mike Bakovin, Chad Planbeck, and Steph Romanski. And it does uh, kneading and it's got air compression bag therapy. It has, it does, I mean, you put your arms in these things and it's, it compresses your arm, you know, like with the air compression and stuff. And it does you know, the bottoms of your feet. It does <laughs> knocking, it tapping. No, this one isn't. No, um, but some of them have Bluetooth about, and apps and stuff. So I would worry about someone hacking it and just like <laughs> squeezing you to death. One day. <laughs> it know, does squeeze turn, very hard. <laughs> turn it into murder chair. The chair. I, of murder yeah. <laughs> Copyright. Mike Bargo. <laughs> we're going to write that script as soon as we're done. Murder chair. <laughs> <laughs> murder. Russian hacker caused you to lose an arm. You know. <laughs> I'd watch that. Felt good for so long. <laughs> Like so anyway, that's my creature. Slacks was a good movie. Slacks was fun. <laughs> I actually enjoyed Slacks. I know. It's like, yeah, for the people, been there, for the makers of Turbo Kid, it's like, sold! <laughs> did they make that? Yeah, the makers, the people who did Turbo Kid also did Slacks. I didn't know that. Yep. I, I really thought that was kind of a kind of a smart movie for a, for a killer <laughs> pants movie. And with the total eruptions of gore, it's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> Shudder is fantastic. So. <laughs> cool. Anything else going on? Um, no, just, it's just been us getting used to, you know, working in the same place again. And, you know, we moved 1500 miles away to end up working at the same place like we did in, <laughs> what in Grand Island. Um, she's on the order entry team. She handles uh, incoming orders and processes them and handles Amazon and cool um, stuff like that. There's, it's quite a big company, <laughs> um, big little companies what it is i mean i don't know the owners are really hands-on and really you know really great people and like they threw fireworks for us for okay. he called them the screw covid fireworks is what he called uh, uh, can, can you do fireworks any time of the year in new hampshire in, yeah in new there hampshire? are fireworks stands everywhere in new hampshire really yeah so i yeah. can go buy fireworks and set them off whenever i wanted yep yep that's and that's his thing yeah he keeps a closet full of fireworks that he just buys throughout the year at the office and then sets them off two or three times a year. <laughs> if I were the optimistic sort, that would be like the best thing in the world. And if I were pessimistic sort, I'd be like, oh, God, fireworks again. <laughs> it was I just odd. Want to go to sleep. And because it gets dark so early now, we were able to do it before five o'clock. <laughs> it was dark enough. Could be beautiful. For yeah. sure. Yeah, I suppose. I just like throw them in a pile and just throw a match on it and see what happens. <laughs> Please disperse. There's nothing to see here. Boosh. And speaking of nothing to see here, <laughs> welcome to the Atomic Weight of Cheese for Real Life's Cult Cinema. Cult Cinema's Frequently Real Life. I'm Mike. And Steph. But I'm not a tree. <laughs> You're not a tree. <laughs> I am the relevant trumpeter. <laughs> Disguised. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So uh thanks. Show goes wrong reference. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that episode. Where, That's probably my favorite. Yeah, where he can't get out of the cocoon. Yep. And, you know. Oh, it's the best. So uh Thanksgiving is coming up. Yes. Right? And instead of uh, going the traditional route or ta and talking about what we're thankful for, or instead of uh, yes, uh talking getting about together with your family yeah. and your favorite uncle that you can't stand and yeah. you know and grandma's no longer around to take the gravy ladle and keep the peace. She's really not. Nope. So, <laughs> Chad came up with a uh, 
with a sort of different idea. Chad, do you want to take it? Okay. Uh, basically, like you said, uh, in the Thanksgiving tradition, we thought we'd give you all a big heaping helping of turkey. <laughs> turkey cinema, that is. <laughs> and, and, and two oh, bowls in. We're going to take a look at uh, what is colloquially known as the Turkish Star Wars, which is also known as the man who saved the world. The man who saved the world. And in its original Turkish, it is. Excuse me, I gotta, oh, cons- I gotta consult my good. notes. Uh, Dunyagi Kutarin Adam. Very good. I, Very I good. like the Thank pronunciation. You. <laughs> Love that. Starring the same guy, Kunyet Arkan. That, so the guy who starred actually wrote it as well? Right. That makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that, but oh my God. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those movies when uh, when I first started writing on the web, it sort of came out and everybody was scrambling to see it. And it was one of those, that's back in the gray market days where you really had to yep. dig in or find it at a convention or something. And, um, and it's really funny because I was like thinking on this. The old, remember the trade tape comic and like, oh totally yeah trade they used tape. to have they used to have a whole section of trade like, tape still there it's it? still there yeah. and they used to have a whole section dedicated to like gray market videos that's like where I bought Star Wars holiday special yep uh, like uh, Legends of the Superheroes and a couple other things but it's really funny it was like one day it was there and the next day it was no longer there and apparently someone yeah. ratted them out yeah because you know, what they're doing is technically illegal yep. <laughs> Well, you just you just flooded my brain with an amazing memory of being like 13, walking into Trade to Tape Comics, looking at that and going, what is happening? What is going on? And like, I mean, you know, it's like, let's let's expose you to uh, tentacle porn. You right. know, it's like just that sort of stuff was in the back. And I remember going there and, and oh, yeah. God, so, that place. So, yeah. So it's one of these movies that I'd heard about for decades. I mean, I've seen some other Turkish stuff. We've all seen Tarkin versus the Vikings. Hey, indeed. And. What was the name of the dog? Kurt. 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 And there's and I like since stumbled upon YouTube. There's like five or six of those Tarkin movies. Oh my god! And it's like Tarkin versus the Romans. Tarkin <laughs> versus Tarkin. <laughs> and there's one where we Tarkin find versus Kurt. Kurt. Yep. And Kurt has puppies. So there's like six Kurts. They're all named Kurt. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I love that. And of course, with like Turkish cinema, um, copyright law is a little bit different there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's putting it mildly. Tell me how this works because we were watching yeah. it just agape, going, "How yeah, did they do this?" Well, it's like, yeah, because like I said, copyright law technically doesn't exist there, and in like other countries, like Italy, it's very loose too. Because like in Italy, you can make a sequel to anything and slap a name on it, and they can't stop you, and they can't stop you. It's like with all those zombie movies, like we're all technically they're sequels to Night of the Living Dead, sort ah. of, sort of, but not really. And you, where you got all those knockoffs, all those Mad Max knockoffs, and all the Star Wars knockoffs, and all the spaghetti western knockoffs, and everything. Because, like I said, technically there it's legal. And so, yeah, because Turkish Star, the reason they call it the Turkish Star Wars yeah. is infamously the first, I don't know, five minutes of Five this to thing, ten minutes. Five to ten yeah. minutes of thing is nothing but nonsensical, crash cut, spliced yep. in footage from Star Wars. Yep. A new, and it's <laughs> Actual on, Star Wars. Actual Star Wars, yeah, Star and, Wars yep. episode four, A New Hope, right? Tie yeah. fighters and everything. Yep, and they and then they, they splice in footage from the film to try to tie it together to what they're trying to Doesn't do. Doesn't work to make it. It's trying to make it make sense. And also, <laughs> makes sense, and, and, right? And, and so, and yeah, okay. Well, just just to set the stage and get this started. Okay, like I said, during this whole <laughs> so mo- much. montage from hell, <laughs> it um, is hellish. The the narrator the subtitles trying to keep up with the logic of it 
Okay, just pretend this is this is the opening scroll from like Star Wars. Okay, yeah, and I gotta say this, Chad and I both had the same idea. <laughs> we both showed up with this. We do. So imagine Star Wars begins, and this I, is the opening. I went. Scroll. I typed it all out. Okay, I took pictures right. on my phone. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna follow along with you. Follow along if you can. Um, by going into space and landing on the moon, the space age begins. The space age is an era of progression for man. Thousands of years they lived this way. Space age has passed now. And now begins the galaxy age. Thousands of years passed, and Earth's planet system turned into the galaxy system. Uh-huh. As the Millennium Falcon is flying, <laughs> as the Millennium Falcon zooms by, <laughs> civilizations and history have become past. Man adapted a simple life as in primitive ages, and with all their power, they initiated restless struggle to find immortality. Uh-huh. Syntax is kind of crazy here, and, and there's no punk. Yeah, uh, yeah and this is uh, translated from the original right. Turkish. Yeah. Earth, Earth nations, civilizations, race, and religions became one, which there- we'll get to later. <laughs> right? <laughs> there was only one human life form and tribe in the galaxy age, sort of. Because Earth was facing the danger of extinction as a result of a crazy nuclear armament. There go the TIE Fighters. There go the TIE Fighters. Earth had avoided such dangers a couple times before. Not a single force had been able to destroy the Earth. However, in some some cases, cases, Earth had been disintegrated into parts. That is an amazing sentence. Parts which fragmented off the Earth had become meteor in space. Okay. I'm so going to read the, that again. So the Earth blew up. Parts which fragmented off the Earth off had become meteor in space. So right. Earth okay. There's a bunch of different meteors floating around. Allegedly. <laughs> until meteor. it isn't. Until it isn't, yeah. <laughs> Only some planets' life was still going on. However, the nuclear war gained momentum. <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of the rulers becoming more powerful while the beautiful and happy world was madly destroyed. Suddenly... <laughs> Earth came across a mysterious strong enemy. Our world, our, <laughs> I'm sorry, our world, which has, hasn't blown up, which hasn't has. blown up, but it has, <laughs> formed into matter from rays and energy five billion years ago, <laughs> got fragmented into dust by laser rays in the galaxy age, age, which explains the nonsensical footage of the Death Star <laughs> Fire. blowing something yeah. up. Who was this enemy? From which galaxy was he? Humans used one single weapon against the danger. They started to resist with a shield wielded with human brain and willpower. Uh-huh. A coating formed by... Cor- I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Compressed human brain molecules protected the Earth. So basically, if I understand this right, yeah. tell me if I'm wrong. Is the Earth blew up, became a meteor, people were on it, they formed a protective shell around the Earth <laughs> using their brain matter, right. and it became the Death Star. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think you got it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, a weapon to breach this shield could only be constructed with human brain and willpower. Oh, God. But however strong their weapons, the enemies of Earth did not have brains. <laughs> the value of the world and the humans is infinity. Let's see. The value of the world and the humans in infinity was the greatest weapon. What? Okay. Um, no, you got it right. That's, I what, did. It That's, what, it That's what it says. Not a single human warrior sent to find this unknown enemy returned. Human tribes united and tried to find the solution. Only they're on separate meteors, right? I guess. Or did they the, the shield, I the brain know. matter shield? Okay. The only solution was to find the enemy and fight with it. Two strongest and greatest Turkish warriors and others <laughs> sailed into space and declared war on the unknown enemy. Now we're cooking. Some humans did not get involved in this war, but every human able to combine imagination with reasoning was determined to join and win this war. 
Thus, the stage is set. The, <laughs> the 15 minutes later. The stage is set. Okay. Now, I don't... Please enjoy I Turkish I, I Star Wars. I don't know if I ever like caught their real names. So I've just sort of assigned names to all our players. Okay. So our hero I refer to as Fluke Rock Puncher. <laughs> Fluke Rock Puncher has and, amazing hair. Right. And his sidekick is Ham Yo-Yo. <laughs> okay. So they're a couple of fighter pilots. Because like it, it's, it's reversed because they're flying the TIE Fighters. Yeah. Right. And the X-Wings are the bad guys. Right. I and suppose. the Death Star is Earth. <laughs> sure. Well, at the end, they fly away on the Millennium Falcon. Right. <laughs> Because sometimes, they're, yeah, because sometimes in their over Yavin, something I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, they get they they go into battle with with the, the evil guy, I don't know who I'm referring to as Bingo von Buckethead. Yep, Bingo von Buckethead has a large uh, tubular helmet with needles sticking with, out of with it. with huge spikes yeah, coming yeah. out of his noggin. Okay, and his lead henchman is trash can skull crusher okay because it's like a trash can stuck on the top of a dude yep with a little plastic cap with a brain inside of it on top it could who, be a brain who, who goes around crushing people's heads brains are important on brains this are brains are very important yeah, yeah sort of okay so they engage the enemy right uh-huh. and apparently they're shot down because suddenly they're digging themselves out of rocks i couldn't i could not make heads or tails as to what they were okay. trying to tell me okay so i thought they crash landed okay because and because go ahead that's all okay. <laughs> i thought yeah. they crash landed <laughs> and were you know digging themselves out of the dirt right because but there was like a jump cut that was crazy yeah there's a lot of jump cuts in this movie a lot well, of jump cuts crash cuts and... yeah they, they didn't land on any image for more than a second and a half right and so line of dialogue and there's a brief flash because again what the what baron von buckethead needs <laughs> bob for short he needs brains. Uh, he needs human brains to take yeah. down the shield to conquer the earth so he can be the, the true leader of the galaxy can, can, can i uh make a confession absolutely i started this movie in my office okay and then thought you know what i'm gonna make my wife watch this and we started <laughs> So we get eight minutes into it again, stop it. And then the kid comes down and I go, oh, we'll start this over again. So I saw these first eight minutes three times. <laughs> and that's how I'm able to tell you what was going on <laughs> up until this point. Because, oh, it, it sort of kind of made its odd sort of sense after yeah. three times. Right. Of this, right. Of this. <laughs> and still the first part where they cannibalized Star Wars didn't make any sense at all. Right. And so, so they're marooned because the bad guy sort of lured them too far away from brain matter earth and they crash on this and they start wandering around like suddenly we're in the planet of the apes movie right and they stumble upon a village because mm-hmm. they think it's all mm-hmm. women but it's not really women because there's women men and children by the way you're leaving out my favorite part okay. where they just stumble upon the sphinx right <laughs> right and they have because another human the pyramids yes because yeah. another human is obviously about star galactica because because they're like the lost tribe yeah yeah and and I have in my notes. Did they think we wouldn't recognize the effing Sphinx? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the pyramids. It's the eighth wonder of the right, world, right? Because and then they realize like this 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 they're the same. It's like they found Earth again because yeah. it's, it's kind of like is that what they, they were going for? Kind of, sort of, because right. it's like because the Earth blew up, but it didn't, and all the meteors <laughs> sort of formed their own civilizations and so th- so is the earth one big rock put together right. from a bunch of small rocks coated with brains <laughs> sure because 
Cause, that would make more sense. Because fluke and ham are like advanced civilization. Okay. And the people of the village are of lower uh, <laughs> ambition. <laughs> or something. They're, because, they're cavemen on Earth, which yeah. blew up but was put back together right. and held together with a brain. Okay. Right. And that village is currently being raided by uh, Buckethead's Buckethead. Yeah. men because Buckethead lives on blood. And brain matter. Right, right, which we learn later. We learn later. <laughs> so when he kind of sort of creates mummies. Right. Or zombies. Sort or zombie mummies. Kind of sort of that's because they rip they like steal footage from Bird Eye Gordon's magic sword. Anyway. Oh, that's what that was That's from. what that's from. I have seen that before. <laughs> okay. So uh, our boys decide to intervene, right? And they and they get into a fight, and then they're sort of with... winning, and then they're sort of not. And it's yeah. The Indiana Jones music is playing. While right. Every yeah, every time they go into the battle, suddenly the raider charge goes. Yeah, the raiders lost. Oh, and so one of the aesthetic joys of watching this movie is that you have to be on your toes because at any moment you could start watching a different movie. So we're, we're in the middle of, of a couple guys walking, you know, in the desert, yep. and then there's the Sphinx, and then oh, oh we're fighting now. Okay, so, <laughs> Just so there's an abrupt cut. Right, Just abrupt like, cut. Someone took a pair of scissors and taped it together, and that happens a lot. <laughs> there the is movie. no establishing shots. Right. There are no transitions. I'm convinced there wasn't anybody who knew how to uh, efficiently operate a camera yeah. because the, the the film the the shots that are made for the movie, it's like it was like the person had you know some sort of disorder where they're just like zooming yep. all like they're on yep. speed or something because there's no tracking shots. Yep. There's you know it's like a race car. Some of these shots. <laughs> crash you know and then we're in a different movie and then they're jumping around and there's a lot of punching and a lot of jumping mm-hmm. and again I they think got some more... mad trampoline skills right for sure oh, we'll get to I the mean... trampoline oh yes the training montage will have its own yeah. <laughs> so um, and, and we and they sort of they win they, they get captured but then they escape and we sort of see like you said lord buckethead draining blood and turning people into mummies yeah and then we meet I refer to who as Princess Depraved Indifference. <laughs> because that lady did not give one single fuck. Whole movie. I love how I'm going to skip ahead, but toward the end of the movie, she starts talking and uh, the guy says, Oh, you speak now. And she basically said, Yeah, I didn't want to before. <laughs> oh, I forgot. At some point during the pitched battle with the skeleton robots and, and Lord Trashcan. Who was like pop that kid's head okay, like a yeah, pimple? I, I got I got a moment there. Okay, okay. Go so basically, what happened is okay. So they're walking through the desert, and then it's an action movie, and then it's a gladiator movie for right. some reason. I don't know why it's a gladiator movie. And then you cut to a scene where a robot is murdering a child, and the father is screaming out, "No, no!" And then they have to pull the the father away because of his intense and physical grief. Right. And then you go back to lines like, "Atomic war started because humans were too serious." You know, yep. it, it, it just. At any frame in this movie, there are three insane things going on. Yep. <laughs> you can point to any of them. Like right. the foley in this movie is out of control. Right. You know, every time someone walks, it's cuck clop, cuck clop. Right. Yeah, the foley you know. is amazing. And at some point during the fight, one of our, our heroes bleeds on trash can skull crusher. Oh, and, and they yeah, detect and then, that that's human blood. And then everybody freaks out. And then yeah, Lord, yeah. Lord Buckethead freaks out because it's like, oh, that's what I need. And then everybody withdraws this sort of win and, and Princess Bastard patches them up. And then they meet the crusty of old farts who explains yeah, yeah. 
something. <laughs> he only makes it worse. He man. only makes it worse. And and then it's decided that Armageddon is upon them, so they have to go on a quest. The quest okay. for what? We're not sure yet. Okay. Okay. On to page three of notes. <laughs> Real quick. Whenever Princess uh, Depraved Indifference and our hero, uh, uh, Rock Puncher Mc- yep. <laughs> McGee, whatever. <laughs> okay. Whenever Fluke Rock Puncher. Fluke Rock Puncher. They share at least four scenes, probably as many as eight, where for a prolonged period of time, they stare at each other. And he gives her kind of a hi there look. And then she kind of has nothing on her face. And they cut back to him. They cut back to her. Nothing on her face. They cut back to him. They cut back to her. And she slowly breaks into a smile. And this happens so often that when it happened, we started cheering for when it happened. <laughs> smile, 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 smile. Yay! <laughs> okay. Which brings us to the training montage. <laughs> My favorite part of the movie, Because before you quest, you got to go on a training montage. Better than the werewolf in the hockey jersey. Better than ripping the head of a, <laughs> off of HR Puff and stuff. This was my favorite scene in the movie. Because <laughs> the training montage is basically just fluke and ham punching rocks. <laughs> punching and kicking rocks for like 10 minutes. It goes on, man. <laughs> it does, and, and like at one point there's a little kid involved. Yep. And, and uh, he ties rocks to his legs and runs around. Runs around. Because, yeah, because there's, like, there's a bit of a machismo off between mm-hmm. Fluke and Ham who, 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 over the girl. Yeah. Or something. Or it, it's, it's like two ways to describe this movie. What the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. Or or something. Yeah, or something. <laughs> or yeah. something. Okay. But so, the training montage, what was the music of the training montage? Do you remember? Um, I think it was Battlestar Galactica. It might have been. Sped Up. Or it might have been Flash Gordon. <laughs> Sped Up. up. Well, yeah. Because they always do that Flash Gordon sting whenever uh, uh, Lord Buckethead does something. Mm-hmm. And then they do that, that solar flare shot. Yep. And then, and then because, yeah, because he raids another village and that also turns into pilfered footage from the magic sword where the, he turns those mm-hmm. guys into zombies. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So our training montage is done, which leads uh. us to the cantina scene. Because it's post Star Wars, so you have to have a cantina scene. I circle is... werewolf in a hockey jersey. Right? I swear to God, <laughs> werewolf in a hockey jersey. And this is our first appearance of Red Bath Mat Muppet, <laughs> which is, I think is supposed to be a Wookiee. Now, in this movie, there are two different kinds of Wookies. There's the brown ones and the red ones. Okay, and the best, the most hysterical thing about him, if you look at it real close, it's just like I said, it's just like this carpet carpet monster and but they've got they glued on like a fu manchu mustache on <laughs> if you look real close i don't know why but i found that absolutely hysterical uh. and so there's a big brawl in the cantina uh but then buckethead shows up and he basically says he is mankind's evil intense personified you could almost call him the dark side at one point he actually <laughs> says i signify mankind's need for revenge and i wrote it down and thought to myself you can't just say that <laughs> I, I, I show signify, don't tell i signify this <laughs> it's like that line from futurama where the robot devil says you can't just have your actors announce how they feel that makes me feel angry <laughs> so 
exactly what I thought of. And on top of that, he announces that he has captured Princess Indifference and, and mm-hmm. the little yeah, munchkin yeah. kid. There's a kid who's been following him around and right. give him fatherly advice. At some one point, the little kid was kind of presented as the consolation prize for Han. Right. Because they have kind of a machismo off for, That's the, great. for the woman who doesn't care about any of them. <laughs> the and and the, the hero wins and then the consolation prize is the kid. Okay. So, <laughs> so, and then so... I don't think too much about that. Right. And so our heroes are told to come to my castle, although they'd have no idea where their castle is. But they, get, they get what passes as a stormtrooper escort to the castle okay which leads us to the queen's seduction <laughs> what the hell was this I <laughs> all of a sudden a woman with no pants shows up out right. of nowhere right and that that's buckethead's uh wife maybe she it's, had not been introduced no, before this point not very properly no of course he had a whole entourage there that we we never really get to know and of she course appeared on the sofa too <laughs> yeah. yeah she brought furniture with her didn't right. she no they were sitting there and all of a sudden there was a chick there <laughs> it was just like that well, i am here because I, I remember going is she magic <laughs> <laughs> she could be they just didn't really explain it all that well yeah maybe that's the brain code no wait no. right yeah because <laughs> yeah because while ham ham is getting uh, tries to get seduced but he's like no i only dig her a chick sorry honey you're you're doomed and while they're off doing that, Lord Buckethead introduces Fluke to the brain in the box? Maybe. You remember this? I remember the brain in the box, but it appears like four times and right. it doesn't always mean the same thing. Right. <laughs> like at one point it was a weapon, and then at one point it was goo that he, yeah, the sword, that he that, melted down the sword. And we'll get right, to that. That but... was the most historical part, because like when he opens the box and the brain's inside of it, here comes the ben-hur music you know uh the 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 point where yep. god reaches down and touches mankind for the brain in the box yeah. <laughs> for this for this fake brain spray painted gold yep in a box and, and to, to be fair it's like a cat brain i mean it's a right. very small brain right. it's not a very big brain right and so and somehow this leads to another muppet fight yep in uh sort of a glad another another gladiatorial setting where at some point our hero kung fu's an arm off one of the carpet monsters and then takes beats its, him with it. Yep, beats him with it and then stabs it to death with its own claws. <laughs> Just imagine the cheapest version of that you can think of, and it's cheaper than that. Yeah. And it's one of these things that's an it's another one of those suit where they're winning because they're beating the shit out of everything, and then yep. suddenly they're not. Crash yep. cut. Wham bam. Suddenly they're getting buried alive. Until they're oh, yeah. not. Crash, yeah. bang, boom. They survived being buried alive. Right. Yes. And then the queen gets punished for her failure by also being banished into stock footage from the magic sword, where she's turned <laughs> into this awful ogress. And then we jump to... I can't to think a... of a worse purgatory. Right. <laughs> Welcome to Bird Eye Grin yeah. Purgatory. Especially, you remember that we, that one, that print we saw that was like so flushed out and purple? Oh, God. Yeah. What was... That was the magic sword. The yeah, magic yeah, sword. It was, it was, it was a B-Fest that one year. It was the overnight. And... It was matted, right? So it was squished. Yep. And it was purple. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> so, so to get the brain something, Lord Buckethead says he has to fight. So Fluke winds up in an arena with all the other villagers around. There's another giant Muppet fight. Yeah. With Now there's more than one red Muppet. There's hundred, like a dozen of them. Okay, so it's to me. It's like, are they trying to do John Carter here? Is it supposed to? No, it wasn't. It wasn't more Muppets. It was like a giant. Yeah, it was the giant carpet monster. 
Was he? Because it was because he kept jumping over it. Remember? Okay, okay. Because now now we need to introduce the uh, the the concept of the uh, the trampolines. trampolines. Right, Steph. If you want to weigh in on that, (laughs) there was so much trampoline going on. (laughs) So many crotch shots. I was like, that's enough of that. (laughs) And then they did more. And then you were like, no, that's really that's enough. And then they did more. I'm sorry. That's yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because like I was like, hang on. It's like God. Now they're trying. As as I just try. It's like, is this like the white ape fight in John Carter? You know, I know the movie hadn't happened yet, but the books have been around forever. You know, it's it's like this point, my brain is melting. Yeah, and well, there's so many trampoline shots. So I mean, it basically, it was meant to be to to show the virility and battle acumen of the hero to have him jump over stuff, and yep. he would jump over things like six times, right? And not do anything. He's like, oh, now he's over there. Yep. Oh, there's this crotch. Now he's over there. Right. Oh, there's this crotch, and it just kept going and going and going. And it's like they really thought they had something yep. with the he's jumping really high thing. Yep, and and then this sort of all ends in a riot, and Ham gets captured again by Buckethead in my house. Right? <laughs> no, we're not watching this. <laughs> and then Fluke and the princess wander off, and, and they bump into the crusty old fart guy again. Okay, who takes him to Sunday school for like I got 10 stuff minutes. to say about this. Go okay. for it. So, at the beginning, they said that all, uh, all basically human culture had been compressed into one thing. Right. Right. Okay. So he starts off. By basically saying the reason Earth exploded or ended or was in a bad place was because we weren't Muslim enough, which is fine. That <laughs> okay. can certainly be your position. And he talked Considering about Considering the country of origin. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking yep. about how, you know, about Muhammad and how Muhammad was a fantastic uh, uh, prophet and, and uh, the way to God and all the rest of it. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. I didn't expect, you know, kind of a little bit of the Quran in the middle of this, which is great. Then a little bit later, they wander into a cathedral and they do the same thing with Christianity. <laughs> they start talking about Jesus. <laughs> like, wait a second. Now I'm all for smashing religions together and, and, and uh, unity and all those sorts of things. But you're talking about two different, right. do you realize you're talking about two different things? If you had done this with any sort of intelligence, it would have been a different deal, but it was just like, here's, uh, here's Islam. Okay. It was great. Here's Christianity. And they're tied together by a giant paper mache sword. <laughs> <laughs> what are you right. doing? Right. Because yeah, at the end of the day, a fluke finds religion and the crusty old fart leads him to the, the sword of whatever right which is basically a <coughs> your kid made a better paper right. sword and it's like uh it's like like balsa wood and it's the blade is like lightning maybe i don't there's, know there's but no it, help with its own golden brain right and yes yes and it also has its own brain <laughs> the, and again with the ben her music and i what uh and then you find, and then they give a little bit of the backstory of Buckethead. Give it up, Jake. It's Chinatown. <laughs> give it up, Jake. It's the man who saved the world. It's Turkish Star Wars. It's 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 what is it again? You it's can do Dun- it. You're it's there. Dunyaya Kurtia Adam. So we're almost there. Anyway, you get a brief history on 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 Buckethead, who is who is a billion years old, and he's searching for mortality, whatever. Uh-huh. And it turns out he was really the old fart all along or took his place. What? And he was really after the sword. It's a thing, trust I d- me. I didn't get that. Right, and then so... Because he, he was story. after the sword and the brain. I knew and that. And then he winds up fighting Ham, who wasn't really Ham, because Ham's been captured and he's hooked up to that the machine. The brain thing, right. The brain thing. And then Fluke fights him with the sword, and as he's fighting him with the sword... The fake ham turns into another ogre monster from uh, right, I remember uh, that. from the magic sword and slays him. 
that makes so much more sense that it, those monsters are from different movies. Right. It's, yeah, just like just stealing from everything. Yeah, yeah. And then the, he rescues Ham, but then Ham decides that he's going to be the hero. They fight. Ham steals the sword. Ham tries to fight Lord Buckethead. Gets but, himself killed. Get, but yeah, and then Lord Buckethead basically uses the, the force to throw him all around the, this little arena thing and basically kills him. Okay, because... And we get a now, touching, tender scene between two men where, man, that was intimate. Yes. <laughs> Boy, it sure was. They were really in yep. each other's faces. Yeah. And now that... And then so Lord Buckethead takes the sword and the, and the brain and the box, which was all he needed to destroy the earth. I don't think I've accurately conveyed quite how intimate this death scene was. <laughs> how intimate was they it? They were really, they were, they were just inches away from kissing. Man. And, and there we were, were several times where I swear to God, I thought those two were going to kiss. We were rooting for it. We really, and were. you know what? And good on them. You good, know, well, I'm yeah, all yeah. for that kind of comfort and plutonic male relationship. Given how much they were talking about, uh, uh, they, they will throw weird lines in there like, oh, I don't like shooting these ships. I'd rather have a girl with a miniskirt or something right, like that. You right. know, it's like they're always kind of macho posturing. So it's like, go, go, come on, come on, do it, do it. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. As close as you could get without actually okay. consummating. There right. So at this point, Lord Buckethead launches another uh, stock footage attack on the Earth. Meanwhile, uh, Fluke, Says goodbye to his friend. I'm sorry. I'm trying you to get. I'm trying you to get. We're getting there, and he takes the sword and the brain. Right. Melts them down. Melts them both down. And sticks his hands in the goo, which makes gauntlets. Mm-hmm. And then he also sticks his feet in. Apparently, because he's wearing like gold booties. I didn't catch the. Gold he booties. did. No, he did. And he's got gold booties, so he can jump even faster and higher <sighs> and further. And Here's then, which leads to the most amazing. Muppet fight of all time because this dude runs into a horde of of these bathroom carpet Wookiee monsters and he just starts punching their heads off. <laughs> he pulls I'm, their heads I'm off. Not, I'm not. Punches their punches heads, their heads off. off and kicks them into oblivion. And they all seem real happy to be decapitated. Ah! Right. <laughs> right. They, they all kind of permit these, flail. Yeah. When they they get... come to these great shots of these guys. These these dozens upon dozens of these extras dressed up as god knows what trying to run into the scene as fast as you just hear the director keep going keep running you know and so this goes on for another 10 to 15 minutes of total muppet carnage it is it just keeps going right and then it comes to the big final fight between our hero and lord buckethead which rapidly devolves into Stop a three st- a three stooges short <laughs> Where he keeps like poking him in the eyes and bopping him on the nose, and he pulls his, his horn helmet off, and then at some point he punches him so hard he kills him, something, and then his and then when Lord Buckethead dies, his entire fleet disintegrates, something, so the Earth is saved too. I think that's right, Joss Whedon. <laughs> I, think, I don't know. Isn't, so the, sorry, isn't so at during some of this is it this fight or was it earlier um there were jump cuts back to you know the rebels trying to destroy the death star there was all kinds of shots of that and and i was trying to figure out what the hell that had to do with the fight that they were doing that's that in the arena no 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 i have an explanation (laughs) oh okay (laughs) okay i have an explanation for it because i said lord buckethead 
finally had whatever he needed to break through the shield. So he sent his fleet to attack oh, the Earth. And remember, oh. Death Star is now Earth because it's covered in brain matter. Death <laughs> Star is the Earth, right? Until it's exploded yeah, and put it, back together in the galactic right, age. Except yeah. for the meteors and except for uh, the lost tribe of Luddites <laughs> who live by the pyramids. <laughs> At this point, I may have been on like a, a second beer, maybe. Sure, I don't blame you. More and more, yeah. This, this, this my first been... note. I swear to God, my first note is I could be drinking while watching this. <laughs> it's quickly scribbled out. And said I should be drinking while watching this. <laughs> well, but I, I am, am drinking, drinking while I'm watching this. this. Correct. <laughs> Just ticking off beers on the side. Two or nine. I, I still have some youngling left for my trip to Pennsylvania. Damn it. <laughs> And then so yeah, and then they he finally does he finally kiss the princess then? I don't remember. Yes, but no, he kissed her <coughs> at one point, like midway through the movie, and she didn't know what it was. Okay. Remember he kissed her forehead oh, yeah. and then kissed her mouth and she was like, uh and <laughs> what, was didn't know what was happening. No. Yeah, and That's so funny. I think at this point it's like, I'm going to kiss you, no, we're going to hug, and they have a tender hug and then it, it, Roll credits. <laughs> it explains so much that the the star of this movie wrote it because I'm thinking back to what they actually shot, mm -hmm. and it's like twenty percent his crotch jumping over the camera on a trampoline, and like thirty percent punching Muppets, yeah. and another twenty five percent of him staring at this woman, and then just hero just, shots, just hero hero shot, hero philosopher, hero shot after hero shot. I know that guy's face better than I know my own face right. at this point after watching Turkish Star Wars yeah. because it just he, he just there's, there's one point too where he it's like at the end fight where he's fighting and he's like going in for the death blow on Lord Buckethead where it's like this slow motion and he's like yelling and he's got his mouth wide open it's like my god that is an ugly human being <laughs> you know <laughs> I don't like looking at this man I was like oh jeez dude no regular speed just get it over with maybe in it's the, like it's like the beginning of mitchell where he's like coming into the and it's like now he's in a wind tunnel no, that's a slow of, motion sneeze right right the raffle buddha yeah <laughs> that's what it looked like it was to remind me of so it just made me laugh maybe in early 80s turkey that was the height of male attractiveness yeah, i have be. no idea could about be. fashion trends back then yeah you know i like uh digging into the back the end <laughs> Okay. Well, they say, uh, here's to the, I, I believe we got title at one point, though, where he yelled, uh, here's to the man who saved the world. Hooray. Yeah, hooray, I think so. Hooray. I and then so. he flies off in the Millennium Falcon. Right. <laughs> Don't forget that. Because that doesn't make any sense. The Millennium sense. Falcon that they were shooting <laughs> at earlier. <laughs> Don't forget he flew off on the Millennium According Falcon. According to some of the other, yeah. Yeah, because the Earth was a Death Star unless it was Yavin. <laughs> What? Uh, at some point they blew up another planet too they blew they up Alderaan I don't know what that was about it's like at one point they, they keep cutting to Lord Buckethead yep. and he's basically saying villain things like I will destroy the earth yep. I am evil and they yep. did it like six times Yeah, I just love it how you said it. it's like we're this unless we're not <laughs> <laughs> it just made me laugh and so okay so that was the man who saved the earth, okay. world, earth, uh, whatever. No, it's got to be world because not the earth anymore. The earth blew up. The earth blew up. So it's put back together and still life going and on. And brain matter, brain matter, something. So this because is... they, they flew down the brain matter trench yeah. to try to find the exhaust port. Ah, okay. Anyway, try to find the willpower. <laughs> try to find blood and willpower because they need human willpower. <sighs> okay, we're done. <laughs> 
so, this is for free on YouTube, kids. Right, right. <laughs> uh, again, it's one of these ones that I'd heard about it for years, for decades. Never got around to watching it. And I don't know what led me to it. I don't know if YouTube coughed it up, but I watched it and it's like, what? And then when it was immediately over, I immediately messaged you guys. <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> it's going to require a little homework. That's okay. It's okay. If you're willing and able. Okay, so... Well, I preferred it to the Star Wars holiday special. True. <laughs> True. And also, there's like a Turkish Star Trek oh, out there somewhere. If you see pictures of it, it's like, oh, Jesus. And it's like, ah. Here's the thing. I was bored, but not really. I mean, it's like this movie exists in... It's like Schrodinger's... Uh, the, the whole thing is Schrodinger's planet. It's yeah. like, does it exist or doesn't it? Or do, you know, right. it? And that's how I felt about this movie. It's like, was I bored or wasn't I? Because they showed me the same thing over and over and over again. And part of me is like, oh, not this again. Part of me is like, what are they doing? I know. I was like, I was like trying to make this huge concentrated effort to keep up with the plot. I tried. You know, and it's like, there's sort of a through line through it. Sort of very thin but it's there and i'm not defending it in any way because because woof <laughs> so i wouldn't even say it's bad i think someone summed it up best with this movie it's like it's just so incomprehensible it's beyond criticism yeah i think that's about <laughs> right i think um, that's about right yeah um like i said uh background info on the movie is a little sketchy um there is a wild rumor that there was some elaborate sets built and some special effects done, but there was a massive storm and it all got destroyed. Oh no! And in an effort to meet their uh, and the release, movie is their, due on Thursday, right? Yeah. Their release date. Um, the director, I wrote this down, Murat Ali. Um, no, I'm sorry. Directed by Kuni Kunit Kunit Arkin, because Mooney was the na- character names of one of the guys, I think. I think so. Yeah. I oh, know. I, uh, I think I'm, I think I wrote this down wrong. But anyway, they are. It might have been the guy. It might have been the actor. Um, basically, bribed some distributor, stole a copy of the film for Star Wars, pirated it, and then just spliced it in willy nilly nonsensical <sighs> to make his film work. And also, <laughs> quote unquote, work. work. <laughs> also of note. The original cut of the movie is two and a half hours long. Oh, my God. Okay. <gasps> no. Yeah. And so, no. basically, they gutted, it, they, they, they gutted an hour out of it, which kind of explains a lot of the nonsensical cuts. How much more jumping? How much more staring at that woman? How yeah. much more? <laughs> we, we, we missed a few. I know we've missed a few transition scenes. Oh, yes. <laughs> we're, we're oh, my God. That's the thing about this movie. Think about it. There are no transition scenes in this no, movie at all. There aren't. Are, are all the establishing shots in the cut? It's just material? it's just establishing shots, and that's it. And just chop cuts. No, well, cut, cut to the middle of the action sequence that we shot. Right. Wow. Uh, cue cue pilfered music. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, I can't tell you how much it, of all the things that got super old in that movie. Whenever they cut to the Indiana Jones scene, that never got old. <laughs> It was always funny, which is good because they did it seventeen times. Right, you know? I took, I took, I heard Raiders. I, I heard, also, I heard Moonraker. No, I didn't hear Moonraker. Music from, I, I definitely heard Flash Gordon, and it frustrated me because they never got to the to the Flash. They, yep. It was all boom, 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 yep. boom, 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 and I'm like, oh, do it, do it. Nope, they never did it. And of course, they stole that little the little sting 
for Flash Gordon. Yep. Uh, there's a little bit of Planet of the Apes. Not a lot, but there was there. Okay. There was also a little bit of the Black Hole. Ooh. Uh, there's some Battlestar Galactica that was Caught sped that. up, which was, or it was like, because there's like a disco version of the Battlestar Galactica <laughs> theme. That was it. And then, of course, oh, there's God. the big bombastic Ben-Hur overture when we're introduced to the golden brain of Doom. Yep. Yep. And so. Well, and they, they, they don't just steal the Indiana, the main main theme from Indiana Jones, though. I mean, they they steal Marion's theme. They steal Princess Leia's yes, theme. Yes. They steal, you know, all these John Williams pieces that you instantly recognize are yep. laid over the top of this completely snoozer uh, relationship. <laughs> you know, it's like you're trying to make me feel something by playing Leia. You know, they, they weren't trying to make me feel something. They were just trying to get the movie out by yeah, Thursday. You just hear the director yeah. yelling at the princess. Oh. Act, emote, do something, anything. Move your lips, move your eyes, just do something. And she doesn't. And she just won't. <laughs> or, yeah. Oh, man. Hey, Chad. Yo. In your notes, do you have anything about how this movie did when it came out? Like, did, oh, did people I think it go did very, see it? I know it did very well in Turkey. I don't think it came here <laughs> until way later. So again, um, I, I think that was, like I said, it was just when it first came here, it was mostly just like bootlegs and gray market. Well, and I wonder if this is a special case or if you lived in Turkey from 80 to 85, you could go any day and see, you know, yeah. you know, at one point was there Turkish Ghostbusters, was right. there Tur- you know, was it, well, you know, was there. Yeah, I know Um, on, I, uh, we talked about Target versus the Vikings earlier there on the, on the disc for that, there's a, there's a documentary on, on Turkish cinema. And one of the big things that were very popular in Turkey were movie serials. Ooh. And if you, like I said, you look at this and it's like, okay, that makes sense. You know? And cause like, that's, it's a lot of, I see a lot of, I see a lot of the flash Gordon serial in there. You just, and Raiders of course, and yep, everything. Yep. And so it's like, okay, this kind of makes sense now. If and you so, squint real hard. If you squint real <laughs> hard. And so, cause yeah, cause um, I know uh, there were some, foreign movies like they tried to import into the states you know like uh, beyond the door which was beyond the door which was an exorcist knockoff uh-huh. that almost got sued out of existence there was a jaws knockoff i think it was called great white when they brought it over here it was like leal Musqualo, <laughs> and that got sued out of theaters by universal yeah. so these- well here's the other thing too it's like you also wonder what gets lost in translation like there was sure. there was one exchange where they're talking one guy is making a joke and the other says don't joke and he goes no i need to joke that's why earth blew up is because humans are too serious and i'm like yeah. that's a real dumb exchange in english but i wonder if that sings in turkish you know it's like or i wonder if there's some some cultural stuff that i'm missing. sure anyway yeah no <laughs> and then there's a werewolf in a hockey jersey and right. instantly <laughs> just the wookies the red wookies oh my god <laughs> with the fu manchu mustache oh. it's like are you kidding so, so so there you go yeah. folks happy turkey day <laughs> can i share one conversation my wife and i had Absolutely. at one point they're burying them alive mm-hmm. and uh uh the our hero says resist resist and i go what are they resisting and sarah goes dirt Dirt. made me laugh pretty hard anyway <laughs> Resist that dirt. So, final thoughts and impressions <laughs> okay. on Turkish Star Wars staff. Uh, <laughs> Enough. <laughs> I'm so very tired. <laughs> thanks for making me watch that by myself. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, my thought is, uh, <clears throat> man, it, like I said, it exists in two states. I hated it and was entertained by it. 
I think that's you find that equilibrium in yeah, your gold. Yeah, and I'm not sure which was more the case, whether I would recommend people who, you know, it's definitely nuts. Yeah. But, you know, about the, the 17th crotch shot, it was, it sure. was <laughs> enough. Yeah. You know, but. That's you know. one of those movies, like, back in the day when I watched it, it's like, did I dream that? Did that happen? Yeah. But the, and then know, it's like, okay, somebody else needs to see this because I need to talk to somebody about this movie. An hour twenty went pretty quick, you know. <clears> I'm, not, <throat> I'm not gonna lie and say it wasn't entertaining yeah, in yeah. parts. I just to me, it's like it's all worth it for that end fight when he's punching heads off Muppets. It's like that is so amazing that I can't even even. No, that was so. something. Cool. All right. Well, we're gonna come back after the guitar noise with some uh, with some recommendations, but. Man, Turkish Star Wars is on YouTube. Yep. For free. Yep. You can go to YouTube right now. You can type in Turkish Star Wars and you can spend an hour 20 watching Turkish Star Wars. That and is a thing you can do. Trying to decipher just what in the holy hell is going on. Bubble, bubble. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. back after uh, commiserating just a little bit about <laughs> Turkish Star Wars, we're going to come at you with some recommendations, with some things that we can unabashedly say that we enjoyed, things we're watching, reading, paying attention to this uh, period of time. Anybody got a great one? Anyone want to go first? I will. Okay, cool. What do you got? What have you been doing, Steph? Um, I watched, because it just came out on Amazon Prime streaming, The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. Ooh, I don't know this. What is it? <laughs> well, as soon as I say this next bit, you'll be like, "Oh, stuff." It's a no, Benedict no, Cumberbatch no, no, no. movie. <laughs> you? Oh, it's a Cumberbatch one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is it, it, he's like a villain? No, no. That's okay. the Power of the Dog, um, and that's not out till December. Okay. Um, this one is about um, an English artist named Louis Wayne. It's a, it's like a biography kind of 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 this guy who drew crazy looking cats. Um, at the end of the 19th century like kittens and he like he like um anthropomorphized them for people and it be- and it took off and it became really huh. he became kind of quite famous for his his cat drawings and everything and he was very eccentric um the first half of the movie is charming as all hell mm. and then the second half of the movie is a descent into madness <laughs> yeah. um because his <laughs> yeah but his sanity uh, declined after his wife died and so um, so you kind of follow his life and, and what happened to his art and uh, and that sort of thing and it was really good it was a really good movie um, I'm not sure I'd watch it again because of the second half of it but the first half was, was really good it's oh, charming and sounds like something it, I, I love those things where you come out smarter it's like I knew nothing about this dude you know yeah I never heard of him yeah, so it's it's worth a watch. It's free on Amazon Prime if you have it. What's it called again? The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. Cats. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, if you like cats. <laughs> I, don't, but... I don't like cats. <laughs> <laughs> they don't yeah, feature prominently in it. That's just what he drew. It's mostly about him. So. <laughs> oh, well, then never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Sorry. <laughs> trying to think oh. of a cat Benedict Cumberbatch pun and nothing happened. Nothing. So. Cumbercat. Cumberbatch. <laughs> Cumberbatch. Yeah, that was. Oh, yeah, good one. it's the best I could come up with. Okay. <laughs> he's uh, got Spider Man coming out in a couple of weeks, too. He sure does. Yeah. Yeah, he's and been a busy boy. We'll want to talk about that. Yeah. He's and cool. he's going to be filming Doctor Strange and two. Directed and... by Sam Raimi. So. That should be cool. interesting, too. All right. Well, I'll throw out a few things, and then maybe Chad and I can uh, uh, argue about last night in Soho for a yeah. minute. But um, uh, you must remember this: one of the, uh, one of my favorite podcasts is back and doing a uh, series on the relationship between Sammy Davis Jr. and uh, Dean Martin, Ooh. and it's fascinating stuff. Uh, I just finished the episode earlier today doing the dishes when uh, Sammy Davis lost his eye. I had no idea how he lost his yeah. eye. And it's like, well, it's that pretty, was heroin. Pretty gruesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, and has a lot to do with race and um, because not just Sammy Davis being a, a black entertainer, but also what Dean Martin had to deal with, you know, with the Italians and the mob and all the rest of it. It's like Sammy and um, uh, or uh, uh, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis didn't make any money off their first like five movies because the mob took it all, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. It's like that was fascinating stuff. And then um, I also watched uh, the Sparks Brothers on Netflix, which I knew I was just mentioning those movies where you don't know anything about the subject going in. This was a documentary directed by Edgar Wright about these brothers who have put out like 15, 20 albums. I have no idea about them, but the thing that was great about it, other than learning about these two fairly eccentric guys, one of which kind of made a a name for himself by dressing like Adolf Hitler. So there you go. That's (laughs) kind of what, you know, they were like synth pop weirdo, imagine they might be if they might be giants wanted were brothers and wanted to dress like hitler that's kind of the best i can you come see, up with because when know? i look at that all i see is manic pixie dipshits well you know? you're not wrong okay but they were influential manic pixie, okay. pixie dipshits okay. and they never really like hit big but they influenced a lot of people so it's it's kind of like that old velvet underground but again, saying, as like i said i don't think i've ever listened to it i mean i i know I, 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 that comes were. from that comes from a woefully ignorant place let's put it that you way know, i was exactly yeah. as woefully ignorant yeah. going in i knew nothing about them. the thing that i'm going to recommend the documentary for is it's got that um edgar wright wit to where he'll make a joke wherever he can make a joke so for example uh in the they'll have people come in and talk about the sparks brothers influence and at one point beck comes on and his uh, label underneath says beck and then underneath it instead of musician or pop guy or whatever it says beck and then the second line says see above it's like that was funny and then they interview uh duran duran uh, the two lead guys from duran duran Bon. they're introduced as duran and duran <laughs> that's, funny. that's nice. funny so it's got a little a few little bits of uh of joy in there. Nice. That, that's pretty good. So I'll, I'll do, uh, you must remember this, uh, the Sparks Brothers. And then, and I recommended this before we started, uh, American Crime Story Impeachment. I'm going to recommend it for Clive Owen playing Bill Clinton. If you haven't, it, it, it is a total, what I thought was a mismatch. It's like Clive Owen is Bill Clinton. He is amazing. <laughs> he It is it is a Emmy-worthy performance. He gets the, not just, he doesn't just do a good mimic. He does a good character. It is a great character and it doesn't look like clive owen it sounds like bill clinton it is fantastic anyway and that movie's or that show's got a lot of real fun uh turns in it 
Um, nice. You know, Billy Eichner playing uh, Matt Drudge or uh, uh, Sarah Polly, obviously Sarah Polly, because he's in every, you know, she's in all those things, but um, uh, playing Linda Tripp. So basically she's in a fat suit, but she's unrecognizable and she's great. You know, it's, it's fun. Nice. It's fun. Anyway, so I'll recommend those. Nice. Oh, shut up. What do you got, Chad? Oh, okay. Um, well, it's like this doesn't really need defending by anybody, but I'm going to go to bat for the Eternals. Cool. Uh, I know everybody's got Marvel fatigue. And, um, uh, you know, a lot of bad buzz about the film before <laughs> it came out. And it's like, I remember a time where we actually went and saw something before we formed our opinion. You know? Nah, and bah, screw you. Bah, you know, and it's it's fine. You know, um, it was there's it's like there's more color in it than people would give it credit for. Hey, all of the plot points that everybody's bitching about are, are taken woefully out of context, mm. or you know, just or twisted to their own ends or whatever. You know, and I highly enjoyed it, and I thought. Uh, uh, she it was beautiful. Chloe you know, Zhao, yeah. She just it was beautiful to look at and vibrant, and I'm looking forward to part two. So mm-hmm. up yours, haters. And um, secondly, um, I've stumbled on a new batch of graphic novels, which are amazing. But I'm going to put a big caveat on it. Uh, okay. It's called Beasts of Burden. Are you familiar with this? It's written, I am not. It's written by Evan Dorkin, and the arts by Jill Thompson. Kind of this watercolor thing. It's about these paranormal investigators, only the paranormal investigators are a group of dogs and one orphan cat. Sold. Okay. They're known as the Wise Dogs, and they're on uh, Burden Hill. And there's a lot of weird shit going on up there. And it's wonderful. It's beautifully illustrated, beautifully delivered. The stories are great. The monsters are icky and gooey. The problem is, just as an example for this one tale... um, a mother dog comes looking for help. Her two pups are missing and they trace it to a pond and the two pups aren't the only ones at the bottom of the pond. Ah. And so there is a lot of pets not making it. So is this in, in a, in a world in which animals are humans or is no, it in a world humans where humans exist and animals are kind okay. of just, they can speak to each other and some humans that are like sensitive to psychic or whatever ah, can understand. Okay, them, got okay? it, got it. And it's kind of like because there's there's a crossover with Hellboy, Hellboy and the dogs <laughs> take That's on fantastic. a take on a demon. And it's because it's, like, it's Dark Horse Comics, and it, again, it's really good. But there are times where it's like I had to put the book down. It's like nope, uh, nope, nope. And especially that one, I think it's called The Lost. Just everything else is like a lot of fun. You know, there's 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 casualties along the way, but it's good storytelling. But that one. It just breaks your heart. Yeah. And I said, it just, it made, I wrecked me and I bawled for quite a bit. When yeah. Over. So, so again, I recommend it highly, but just brace yourselves for a few panels. Let's cool. put it that way. Right. Steph, do you mind if we argue for just a second about one night or last night in Soho? No, feel free. Uh, you what? Well, no, I'm not going to argue. Yeah. I, 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 uh, we a both dual went, recommendation. How's yeah. That? We both went and saw last night in Soho, Edgar Wright's uh, uh, Giallo Pastiche. Yeah. 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 Did I get that wrong? By, yeah. By way of a ghost story. By way of a ghost story, yeah. So, so the basic just we both went saw the basic just is a, a small town girl wants to be a fashionista, goes to college in the big uh, big city of London, is obsessed with sixties fashion, and all of a sudden one day, she's uh, also she's also she's also a sensitive who right, can right. see who can mm-hmm. see dead people right. basically. 
And uh, at one point, she finds her way into a particular room or a particular place, and all of a sudden, it's the 1960s and and uh, in London, and there's dancing and cigarette smoking and and neon, and it's all beautiful. And then, of course, Very there immersive. are there are darker things happening mm-hmm. underneath. Matt Smith is in it, and he plays uh, kind of kind of the villain of the piece yep. almost. Yeah, and. Um, I don't think it's too much to spoil it. He's basically a pimp. Yeah, he's basically a pimp, and and uh, <coughs> Anna Taylor Joy is in it, and, and she uh, is the, the uh, Thomas and McKenzie is in it. Yeah, Thomas and McKenzie. She's and, the gal. She's she's our she's our protagonist. Yep. The thing that killed me about it was after leaving, I went and saw it with my dad and my my daughter. As we came out, I'm like, let me tell you what you just saw. It was a giallo film, okay? Yeah. I mean, from the colors to the content to the the you know, it, this was basically a big film nerd in joke. And if you don't get it, you missed like a quarter of what he was doing, right? You missed like a quarter of the movie. And I haven't seen, it's like, I listen to a good number of movie podcasts. I think a lot of people missed that. Yeah. Like I listened to, to Dana Stevens review it in Slate and she had no idea what, what was going on. I'm I like, only on. read, I've only read like one review who brings it up and it basically was arguing that it isn't really Jallo. And I, you know, there's, a, there's an argument to me, I guess to me, it's like, it's more of a ghost story than anything else with a lot of giallo trappings maybe that's what i'm reacting and, to because um, yeah because like i said there's there's a there's a huge argento influence there and there's a lot of influences well it's just like with a lot of his films there's a lot of influences yeah. that are that are colliding in it. Yeah. but again it's just the camera work and how they pulled off some of the the mirror effects you know where that was very cool where yeah. you know and then and then like in the middle of a spin while they're dancing it's 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 the one gal and, and then it's and another and it's yeah. the other gal and um, again, I we talked about it beforehand. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but like I said, I kind of sniffed out one spoiler, totally whiffed on another one, yeah. and completely whiffed on the big, big reveal at the end. And but the thing that that I loved about that because because after with the big reveal, it's like it's like I slapped myself and it's like of course you know, and because like all the clues are there for the protagonist and the audience to see the whole way. Yep, of where this is headed, and it's like well played movie yeah well played because it's very clever and it and to me it's just amazing how well it works and how it makes sense and it doesn't cheat yep and uh, and the other thing is is it's remarkably feminist too i mean the the whole thing is kind of about uh layers and layers of trauma that women have passed down to each other amongst the generations and you know it actually says something which is nice yeah i know i think i brought it up when i talked about it on facebook a little bit it's like kind of call a foul a little bit when it's kind of like a an anti-nostalgia screed wrapped up in a total nostalgia rank fest yeah and like for the first 10 minutes it's like what are you doing look at london you know and it's like oh my god this is gonna be baby driver all over again because for the record baby driver fell on its face for me i know yeah. people love that film but for me it, it didn't work and um Helps if you don't hire someone who likes to date twelve year olds uh, in your league. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah, that's a whole other. That's yeah, but but then I don't know. It just suddenly it found it found its groove, and it's like okay. And I was tuned in, and I like I said I love the like again because that gal she's very attuned. And like I said, she's because her mom had passed away, right? And so like you're when there, she's still in the other place, she can see her mom, and but then. Because her grandma's freaking out because it's like you're going to get overwhelmed in London, not necessarily yep. by London itself, but there are a lot more ghosts, a lot more in London, you know, and yep. and that's kind of, and so and it's like, is she crazy? Is she really seeing this? You know, and this, 
and it all just oh i loved it and yep. man, I, I thought it was great definitely and if, worth seeing yeah if, if it's still playing in your area go see it go see it big there I, and there's a lot to talk about at the end which is yeah. at the end of the day all i really ask yeah. about a movie is you know just give us something to talk about right at the end of it. yeah because i don't think that's streaming anywhere is it um maybe it just hit uh like a, a rental thing you know like you okay. could rent it for 10 bucks or whatever okay. i don't know but uh it's it's definitely worth it. it it's not <coughs> of course we're talking a great who made some of my favorite movies of all time sure, sure. but uh it's not quite up there but it's definitely worth checking out so yep. cool all right well i think that's going to do it for this podcast we will be back in a couple weeks thank you for listening <laughs> happy turkey day yeah uh, go watch uh, turkish star wars and play our podcast beside it and you can kind of use it as <laughs> it'll be great oh god <laughs> listening to the atomic weight of cheese where cult cinema is real life and real life is frequently cult cinema you can visit our website at theatomicweightofcheese.com follow us on twitter at a w o c podcast see us on facebook at facebook.com slash atomic weight of cheese or shoot us an email at atomic weight of cheese at gmail.com we love your feedback The thing that killed me is when they would they would do that and then go to another theme and then jump right back to the beginning. And then it's like, whoa, did I just have a stroke? <laughs> <laughs>